Hey everyone, what is up? Welcome in to another edition of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Kalia. It is Monday, October 10, 2022. We all had a nice weekend, did some nice things, stayed warm, and uh, you know, got through your day. As always, continue to find more of me and my content um, on various platforms, including Zencaster, Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, I know it's been all NFL. We got back doing this, but you know, hopefully, I'll bring some other, other topics and things along the way. So stay tuned for that. Um, quite a weekend. Uh, for the NFL, obviously in week five, you know, obviously going to be wrapping up uh, tonight, I believe, with the Raiders and the Chiefs. So, as I did previously, we'll recap most of what I saw yesterday and then save the other half, uh, including the recapping the uh, Raiders one uh, soon enough. So, uh, stay tuned for that when that comes out. But yeah, let's get right to it. Uh, week five obviously featured some uh, pretty interesting matchups, you know, and it was another good weekend for the New York teams. Well, except the Mets, who obviously uh, are out of the playoffs. Uh, pretty shocking and embarrassing to see that the Mets win 101 games and then be eliminated in the wild card round. But Having said that, still was a good week in New York sports because of the both teams winning. I'll get to that. Um, but yeah, we saw quite a bit of action. Um, obviously, some teams picked up some key victories that they needed keep their season going. Uh, you know, and obviously, yes, it's early, but you know, obviously, more and more of these games as you go on, you know, you start to see who separates and who um, kind of falls down the rankings. And so. Um, a division that no one saw being that great early on was NFC East, and got three teams all of a sudden uh, in that spot. So you know, it's going to be interesting to watch how it all all plays out coming up um, in the next uh, few weeks, especially when the matchups are coming up. So there's that. So let's get to it. Coming out week five, some of the you know, really interesting games and storylines. Let's start with <clears throat> the Jaguars. Uh, what a surprising, surprising loss for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I say surprising because it felt like Jacksonville was maybe turning the corner, looking more competitive. It thought that Trevor Lawrence, this office of this team, will be motivated to bounce back against a Houston team that obviously had not won a game previously. A Houston team that's still under a rebuild. And, I mean, what a disappointment for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, they obviously got off to a great start this season, right? And they obviously lost one to Philadelphia previous week. And this week at home, I mean, you're playing the Houston Texans. Yeah, obviously the Texans have been a little bit better, but they're the Texans, all right? And... You know, as an offense, it was kind of disappointing to see them not finish and execute well enough in this game. And, you know, the defense, the running game, 
you know, the overall game itself just wasn't what you expected. And Jackson was a young team. <clears throat> you got some young stars, obviously, with Etienne and Lawrence. But Perk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram, like, this passing offense, you know, this offense left a lot to be desired. And, you know, Houston, I'm sorry, you know, looking at Houston, I mean, they just, they are a team that, yes, has some, uh, you know, they obviously are going to play competitive games and things like that, but this was the game that Jacksonville could have got back on the right track. Um, and look at the way the AFC South is, I mean, it was just kind of, kind of a win that you thought that they would get and they did not. So, tough luck for the, <clears throat> excuse me, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, a home game should have won and just really didn't execute especially the second half in this game. Uh, you have the Buffalo Bills uh, route the Pittsburgh Steelers 38-3. to I remember the final score correctly. Um, it obviously was going to be a tough tough uh, game, no doubt. Didn't pick its first start. Not for some official start. Um, I mean, there was just nothing that the Steelers could do slow down this Buffalo Bills offense. Just saw them get everything that they wanted, you know, and then some. Um, there just wasn't a whole lot uh, going right for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They couldn't run the football as well. They couldn't keep up with the pace of play, uh, especially um, by the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, just one of those games in which just did not really see Best effort from uh, Mike Tomlin defense, obviously without um, well, a lot of the Steelers have struggled, no doubt, in getting a pass rush at times. The secondary has kind of broken down a little bit, but there's just been a lot of inconsistency on offense, and no doubt Pickett's still going through a learning curve, and so maybe he'll be better. But the Steelers sit find themselves in a pretty uh, pretty tough spot now. I think at one and four, and so I mean things are kind of slipping down a little bit for Mike Tomlin. This offensive line cannot protect. The running game is, isn't where it needs to be. And so Buffalo um, kind of taken advantage um, and got themselves a win. And so they remain right there, I think, at the top. But, you know, a lot of things are kind of changing up in the AFCs as well. So it uh, should be interesting to see how that how that transpires. Uh, you had the Buccaneers. And the Atlanta Falcons uh, square off, and Bucks winning twenty-one to fifteen. You know, it was one of those games in which Tampa obviously built the lead early, and then they just kind of kept Atlanta from coming back. I mean, the Bucks don't look as explosive, um, but they are, are getting it done. You're seeing Chris Godwin get healthy, look better. Uh, obviously, Brady doing his thing. Um, overall, you're just seeing the Bucks play good football. They're running the football as well. They're keeping a balance here and there. Obviously, the passing game offense, you know, not to be desired. But give Atlanta credit. I mean, they did play a good game. They did come, try to come back. Mariota, London, uh, they did some good things together. There was some good effort overall. But it was just more one of those games in which the officiating was definitely a question mark. You know, they call it roughing the 
passer penalty on the Atlanta Falcons, you know, and that could have probably got the Falcons got, had a chance if they had gotten that call going their way, they could have maybe made a driver. So, but that was a tough call, no doubt, for coming up from the passer on Tom Brady. Now the ref obviously said that it was because of the throw, but you know, this is the kind of thing that you know infuriates fans and thing like the officiating itself sometimes can be a real, really uh, a big factor sometimes in the game itself and. For this one, it seemed like whatever it was, he sacked the quarterback. I didn't slam him that bad to the ground. It's Tom Brady, okay, but, you know, he's taken off the other sacks before, and similarly, he's been taken down that way. So, for that call to be made was really a, a big blow for Orlando's comeback hopes. Uh, but it is what it is, and the Bucks uh, pick up another uh, a win and remain at the top of the NFC South. Now let's get to the first game that took place on Sunday, and that was in London, the Giants and the Packers. Um, and, you know, previously when I was previewing this early in the week, last week, I, you know, I was saying, that, you know, it could be an interesting game and uh, the Packers might win. And But the, the Giants surprised me. The Giants surprised me with this one. I got to say, I'm happily surprised that they won this game. I mean, it looked like, they were not going to be able to mount a comeback because they were, you know, they got down early. We saw the Packers kind of find their way on offense and execute, keep it moving. Uh, but how about Daniel Jones? I thought, you know, you know, he's he played. Uh, you know, you saw him play, and you saw Saquon obviously do some things. And Saquon had a, a nice monster game. I think over 100 yards uh, rushing and a touchdown, I believe. Um, but this was probably one of those games, probably one of the better games, one of the better games that Daniel has played as a Giant. He really made some solid throws. Uh, you saw some guys step up in the passing game, like James and Sills. Um, and it was just a really good team win for the Giants. They, they battled back from a, from a deficit. Uh, you saw their the defense actually uh, really did some good things. You know, get off the practice on third down. They did pressurize Aaron Rodgers a little bit here and there. Um, it was just one of those games which the Giants were going to have the Brian Dable's play calling was terrific. The defense definitely uh, was able to find ways to just not really like you know like uh, you know break. You know they made some stops. They got some pressure. The running game wasn't really much of a factor for the Packers, and they kind of made them one-dimensional, had them pass the ball a lot. And Rodgers definitely just missed some throws. There were some drops as well. And the Packers had a chance. Yeah, they had a chance to, you know, possibly tie the game. Um, and the play calling at the end was a little bit interesting. I think that, you know, on those third and one or second and one situations, you know, they're better off feeding it to, to the running back, I think. But they threw it both times and Giants batted the ball down. And so... I mean, how about Big Blue? How about the Giants? Uh, huge win uh, in London, spoiling the Packers' debut there. And Daniel Jones, like I said, played some really good football and made some really good throws. Saquon did some really nice things as well. You saw guys step up. You saw the defense actually do some nice things. And, you know, hopefully they get, get more and more healthy because they got a lot more key players that can make a difference. So, happy to see them win. I hope it continues for the Giants because, no doubt, some of the tougher games are going to be on the schedule coming up soon. And so, 
Uh, they're right there in the middle of the NFC East right now. And uh, the key thing with the Giants uh, going forward, I think really is just to see how much can Daniel Jones need to progress and this team remain competitive enough and, and actually win some of the key divisional games against against the field of the Eagles, the Cowboys, you know, coming up um, when that's on the schedule. The New York Jets uh, put up 40 on the Miami Dolphins. The Jets got their first uh, win against a division opponent in almost, I want to say, 12 tries. They obviously had a long division losing streak and this was their first division win against an opponent in a very long time. So, uh, a nice win for the Jets, nice team win. Um, now, some may say, yes, the Dolphins were banged up with industrial corners and you know, obviously Bridgewater having to leave with a concussion, Tua being out, but you got to play what you got, the person that you got, and, you know, this Miami Dolphins defense was one of the defenses that you thought, um, you know, no matter how they look, um, you know, at times, I mean, it was still a defense that you knew could give the Jets problems, but the Jets as a, as a team played really good football. I mean, they ran the football extremely well. Brees Hall had a huge day on the ground. The defense came up with some big plays, like Sauce Gardner with that blitz off the edge, which caused the safety. Um, you just look at the fumble um, as well that they caused. And uh, I mean, it was a game that was kind of close until the third quarter, and then the Jets got a couple of big plays in their favor. Zach Wilson was efficient. He had, a, I think, a rushing touchdown. No turnover. That was the big key for the Jets was... They had no turnovers, and they were able to kind of play at their pace. You saw Michael Carter do some nice things. We saw him instead, uh, you know, obviously with Moore and uh, Davis and Wilson coming along. I mean, overall, they did play with some really good pace. And overall, and like I said, there were some big plays that were made in the game, and they got that momentum. Carl Lawson had um, a nice performance as well, so... A nice win for the Jets, the three and two. And definitely, you've seen some pro- progression from the team overall, and you know, uh, gotta keep it going because their schedule obviously is gonna come, be a little bit tough coming up. Obviously, with the next four games against teams that uh, definitely are gonna be uh, tough to contend with. So, uh, but overall, a nice win for Robert Sala and the Jets, and and you want to see Zach Wilson continue to be, get better and better. Um, because it's going to require him to be really, really good. They want to be able to win some of the key games they have coming up on their schedule in the next two, three weeks. We have that one. Um, what else did we see on Sunday? Saints and Seahawks. I didn't really cover this game or preview this game at all, to be honest. Uh, heading up to the week. Uh, but definitely the Saints needed a win, and the Saints got the win with Taysom Hill. Having a huge game. Obviously, Winston, I think, was still out due to injury, if I remember correctly. Uh, Dalton played. Uh, it was like, you know, an offensive game that was pretty explosive. Uh, I mean, Geno Smith obviously continues to play well as of right now. Here and there, he's showing some good things. Um, but this is what the Saints is really being able to kind of find their offense, find their touch as a team. They need the win. Obviously, to remain in the middle of things, and you know they kind of controlled the pace a little bit, got some breaks here and there, 
but overall, it was a nice win for the Saints. Uh, defense obviously could be better. Uh, and that's the, that's the thing about the Saints defense is that uh, they've got to find ways to obviously be more better on that end of the, the side of the football. But uh, overall, you're just seeing them uh, show a lot here and there. And like I said, Taysom Hill was, was really a big key for the Saints in this one. And I think going forward, you know, seeing more of him might be the might be the solution right now to mix it up a little bit because they need that um, from their offense. Um Obviously, the struggles they've had, uh, you just want to see them win games and close out games. And they've been in some close games and they haven't come through. So that was one that they were able to get. Um, and it's a good sign of things for them, hopefully, um, as they you know, head forward um, into uh, the next week. Hey guys, I'm going to go ahead and continue with my recap on NFL Week 5. Uh, obviously, quite a finish to some of the uh, night games that we saw um, towards the end of, end of the football week, especially Monday night. Uh, so, you know, definitely going to be interesting to watch how things progress throughout the season. Uh, but, yeah, a couple of close finishes and... Um, a lot to look forward to, but let's dive right into it now. I'm gonna kind of hope I didn't already cover this game already or talk about the game, but I guess one of the games I'll talk about that I didn't get to uh, was the Chargers and Browns. Um, pretty interesting game, you know. Uh, there's a lot about this game that you kind of wonder was it, you know, was it gonna end one way or another, uh, but. Chargers escaped with the win, and they escaped despite the fact that they went for it on fourth and one from their own 46-yard line to try to close the game, and Cleveland just wasn't able to take advantage. Uh, A couple of missed opportunities, Um, and Kate York, who hit a game winner earlier in the season, ended up missing... um, he ended up missing the 54-yarder. I mean, a great game played by Cleveland overall. I mean, they stayed with it. The Chargers obviously got some big uh, production from their offense at times. Herbert obviously played extremely well. But, you know, Brandon Staley, no doubt, uh, he's proven again and again that he's uh, going to be aggressive and he's not going to change it. And Boy, if they were very fortunate to win that game against Cleveland, no doubt. Obviously, Keenan Allen expressing his thoughts on Twitter uh, or whichever way he did it. Uh, but, you know, the Chargers obviously are at full strength. You know, they are a little banged up and they definitely are going to need more of Keenan Allen when he gets healthy to be back on the field. Um, but, for the Browns, you've seen it already this season. There's just been some games where they need a little bit more. They need a little bit more from their quarterback. Uh, and Brissett, as well as he's played and filled in, he just hasn't been able to finish it and execute it in some areas. 
when they've needed to be done. And so the Browns are in an interesting situation. You know, they'll play host to the Patriots next week. And that will be a big game for the Cleveland Browns, especially um, as well as for, for New England, uh, just because both teams looking to get back to 500. Speaking of New England, they blanked the Lions 29 to nothing. Obviously, you know, the Patriots, Patriots weren't going to lose another home game. Um, you know, they kind of obviously have been dealing with their own injuries, uh, struggling a little bit here and there. They played a pretty well game in Green Bay last week. They didn't have that victory, but this one they had to get. And it was surprising to see them have success in slowing down the Lions. Um, only because the Lions were putting up like 30 plus points and Jared Goff seemed like he uh, was slinging it. But then once again, you know, you had Jared Goff go up against a Bill Belichick defense that definitely has gotten the best of him numerous times this season and it proved again to be the case uh, on Sunday. I mean, Zappi, Obedi Zappi, filling in for Mac Jones, did some good things. The running game did some good things. Um, but no doubt, Patriots needed that win. And so now, uh, you know, we got two, we got Cleveland and New England going to be playing next week. Uh, to get to 500, it's going to be a big game. And Cleveland's obviously hope is to remain competitive enough to the point where Deshaun Watson can come back to lead this team. Uh, but it's looking very really interesting, to say the least. And um, they're going to need a lot more from their defense, I think, especially their defense. Um, if they're going to be able to to stay competitive in the AFC North because right now it seems it's going to be, you know, a three-team race with the, with the Bengals, also with the Ravens in the lead, so we have that. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals fell to the Eagles 20-17. to The Eagles remain the only undefeated team uh, in the NFL at 5-0. and Um... Really interesting game. I mean, the Cardinals defense played a lot better than I think, uh, than I thought they were going to play. Um, obviously, both offices had their moments in this game where they put together some scoring drives. Um, you know, obviously, the Eagles weren't overly explosive, uh, but they got the points on the board and they had to. Um, for the Cardinals, really, a, it's kind of a tough loss for the Cardinals in the sense that they, you know, really were, they had it, you know, they had an execu- they were they were on a drive to tie the game, and a little bit of the clock management situation didn't really work out be- to the best for the Arizona Cardinals, you know, because, you know, they had no timeouts, and, you know, you had Kyle Murray, who took off for a run, slid instead, and spiked it, actually, the decision to spike it on a third and one with less than 20 seconds to play. I mean, kind of dicey. They could have ran another play, possibly, maybe. Um, but obviously, they just wanted to get their kicker a chance to make the field goal. And Carlos have, have had their own kicking problems this season. And, you know, the drive didn't really end up being that great. Uh, the end, you know, it could have been managed a lot better, maybe. Um, you know, you could have maybe ran some kind of play or if you're Kyler Murray in that situation, you could have gone a little bit more extra and then, you know, clocked the ball. So, um, 
no matter, you know, the Cardinals kind of uh, played well enough to remain in this game, remain competitive in this game. You know, they didn't let the Eagles put up a whole lot of points like in bunches, but um, these are the kind of games that the Cardinals need to win, and they did not. Uh, you know, they really played the Eagles probably better than anybody that played this year. Um, so, who knows? I mean, the Eagles are looking um, good right now. I think the competition and the level of opponents are going to definitely change up. Um, but we've seen this before. And that's what I'm saying. Throughout the course of the NFL, I've seen it before. It doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish. So the Eagles right now are at the top. Look, you know, locked and loaded. Time will tell if it remains to be the case as things continue on in the season. Uh, let's get to talking about, I think, yeah, Tennessee beat the Commanders 21-17. I mean, not a whole lot there to talk about. I mean, things are just getting more and more tough in Washington with Ron Rivera and Carson Wentz. Obviously, Carson Wentz isn't all to blame for the, for the struggles that Washington has, but based on... Ron Rivera's comments and the best game presser. I mean, there's just not a whole lot getting done right on both sides of the ball for the Washington Commanders. And that's why they are finding themselves in this spot, I think, at 1 and 4. I mean, Tennessee obviously has hit their stride a little bit. We've seen a much better performance from Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill as of late. And that will be something to really watch out and see that continues moving forward. Um, one of the disappointing results, I think, of Week 5, we've seen the Rams fall to the Dallas Cowboys. I think the score was either, I don't know, 22 to 10 or something along those lines, uh, I recall. But Dallas definitely has surprised, no doubt. You thought after that going down early, maybe they were going to struggle. But this defense for the Cowboys really just limited everything that the Rams wanted to do. Matthew Stafford did struggle. But no doubt the offensive uh, line, the offensive line has been a problem for the, for the Los Angeles Rams. You know, they obviously had a veteran pre- presence last year, right? And with where then this offensive line just cannot protect as well. Matthew Stafford is getting hit a lot, getting hit a lot and often. And the running game isn't going anywhere. Cooper Cup is doing whatever he can, but there's just no other answers. You know, there's no other. You're not seeing Allen Robinson and other guys get the ball enough uh, or they're not, not producing enough. You know, uh, it's one of those cases where the Rams just really don't have a whole lot going um, offensively. They're not finishing drives, they're struggling to get it done. And this defense, no doubt, with Aaron Donald, I mean, they are getting pressure here and there, but they're not able to. There were some of those plays, you know, here and there. I mean, they did allow that long touchdown, I think, run or something along those lines. So you just look at it and you wonder, you know, how well can you, um, you know, how, how, you know, can the Rams kind of find a balance because they're not finding a balance right now. And as a result, they're just not getting it done. Um, they should be able to put up a lot more points. Uh, but Dallas' defense has picked it up. You see Makai Parsons do some good things. Uh, this pass rush overall, I think Demarcus Lawrence had one of those big plays in the game. So, uh, I mean, 
it's more about Dallas playing good defense, their running game doing it well. Um, and for the Rams, it's really surprising to see them be, you know, this unbalanced as a team right now. They've got to find a way to regroup and get it together. Uh, they want to be able to, you know, win this division. They're going to have to play a lot better. And, and it starts with something changing on the offensive line or, you know, being able to kind of go back to, like, some type of formula that works. I mean, has got to figure that out real soon uh, for this Rams team to continue to be a, um, you know, one of those teams that's looked at as an NFC contender. Um, so now moving on to talking about the Carolina Panthers and the 49ers. 49ers coming away with the victory over the Carolina Panthers. And as most of you probably have heard, um, Matt Rule has been fired as the Carolina Panthers head coach. Uh, as I mentioned several times, even last season and even earlier in the weeks, um, it was going to happen sooner or later. And, you know, the Panthers made the change already, you know. Matt Rule only managed to win 11 games, I believe, through his first three seasons, something along those lines. Obviously, the team wasn't responding pretty well to it. Baker Mayfield has continued to struggle at times. Now, he does have a high angle sprain, so, you know, there's that. But even, even despite that, just haven't seen this offense click. You know, McCaffrey obviously is out there and he's being utilized in a certain way but this offense as a whole and this team as a whole they just haven't been able to get it done um the defense obviously has some nice talent there um but offensively they just haven't been able to put up points they've lost some games that they have been in you know they haven't executed and it comes down to the bottom line of winning games and Matt Rule just hasn't was able to win a whole lot in his time in Carolina. He got a seven-year deal that was obviously a question mark at the beginning. And then the number of quarterbacks that they went through and still are going through, um, this wasn't the best situation for them. And so Panthers now start uh, not having interim head coach Steve Wilkes fill in. And, I mean, for Carolina, their season is just really... It's kind of in, in flux right now because... You want to believe that Baker Mayfield could be the answer, but he hasn't been able to do so effectively. Another offensive line hasn't looked good. So there's a lot of question marks for the Carolina Panthers, and none of them were really definitively answered in their loss um, to the 49ers. So, I mean, time will tell now how well this team goes into, but no doubt with the new coach next year, possibly. Um, you know, definitely Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield's future in Carolina is really going to be dicey, and who knows uh, what may, may transpire. But uh, Panthers definitely need some wins. They need to get some answers, and obviously they definitely don't want to make the decision to do it now. So we'll see if they can find a way to be um, as effective or be, be, be better and finish things well more so than they have um, so far at this point in the year. You have that. Um, 
there any game that I'm missing before I get into the other ones? Alright, so I guess I'm just gonna transition and then talk about uh, the Sunday Night Football game between the Bengals and the Ravens. The Ravens escaped with a 19-17 to 17 win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, a really solid game. You know, you like games coming down to the wire. Um, the Bengals offensively um, were able to run the football a little bit well and got some plays going. Um, the Baltimore's defense really showed up and they played well. Uh, you know, they didn't let the Bengals really get a whole lot of explosive plays down the field. They kept everything kind of in front of them. Uh, there were some spots that Joe Burrow could have been a little bit better. Um, and the defense of the Bengals definitely played well um, overall as well. But this came down to the Ravens finishing a game. Obviously, the Ravens have you know, struggled, no doubt, of being able to win at home this season. And, you know, they were able to get the ball back, you know, and drive down the field for the game-winning field goal. Off of Justin Tucker, who's a Hall of Famer kicker already, having him prepped up. So, I mean... The Bengals just really weren't able to stop Lamar Jackson at the end. He got that, you know, run design play that they had to break break it and get some key yards on that play. And collectively, so they just played as well as a unit. You know, the, the tackling was a lot more sounder. Um, saw the offense, uh, you know, produce good enough when they had to produce. And um, Justin Tucker, you know, gave him a chance to make that field goal at the end. So, a nice, really competitive AFC North battle. I mean, obviously, you expect more and more closer games between these two teams if they meet again. Uh, but it was nice to see the performance of, a, of you know, how, how things kind of worked out, um, you know, for the, for the Baltimore Ravens. You know, you saw some overall nice plays overall. This defense, if they can play a lot more like this uh, and be better in the back end than... They're going to have a chance because they didn't let Jamar Chase have a huge day. I think T. Higgins was, was bothered with an ankle injury or something along those lines. So, I mean, you know, there were just some spots the Bengals could have been a lot better in. Um, you know, but overall, the Ravens got the key win and they lead the division at 3 and 2 now. And then the recap uh, to finish off week five, we saw the. Chiefs hold on 30 to 29 over um, the Las Vegas Raiders. What a game it was early on. I mean, the Raiders really came out firing. I think they had a 17 nothing lead at some point, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, Devontae Adams with a huge day. A couple of touchdowns, uh, long touchdown receptions. Um, you saw the Raiders play really well early on, but then the Chiefs kind of woke up. You know, you start seeing Patrick Mahomes do his thing. And how about Travis Kelsey having uh, having four touchdowns on the night? I mean, that was a huge, huge thing for for the Chiefs offense. I mean, Kelsey just kept on. They had no answer for Travis Kelsey. You know, he kept on doing 
or he could. He got open in the end zone quite a bit. Um, you know, the one thing, although, that was interesting about this game, really, really turned was Josh McDaniel's decision to go for a two. And they had tied the game. They had, you know, got the touchdown. Going for two was pretty interesting. Obviously, it did not work out. Uh, I think there was less than, like, four minutes left in the game or so, and he decided to go for two. Uh, it's kind of backfired, obviously, uh, with the draw play to Josh Jacobs. Uh, but despite all that, I mean, the Ravens, oh, sorry, the Ravens, I think the Ravens, Las Vegas, uh, defense got Chiefs, the Chiefs off the field. And Derek Carr had a chance. They were down by one point in less than three minutes on a game-winning drive, possibly to win the game. And boy, they did not. They weren't, they weren't able to get it in position, you know. The drive looked good early on, and then there was this one pass play to Devontae Adams where Devontae Adams wasn't able to get the second foot in in bounds, and they call that an incomplete pass. So that was really a key point in the game because if somehow Derek Carr had been able to get that ball out quicker, maybe Devontae Adams wouldn't have to, you know, had had more space to kind of tap the toe and get it in bounds because he did not. Uh, they called it incomplete. And then the decision to throw it on fourth and one, I mean, I got to say that was really a surprising play call by Josh McDaniels. I mean, yes, you probably didn't have the timeouts and stuff, but you could have just run the football on that play for that just for that one yard or so. Uh, and then just clock it immediately. I'd rather you run a play fake and Hunter Renflo and Devontae Adams pretty much ran to each other on their routes. And you can see the frustration afterwards from Derek Carr, from Devontae Adams. I mean, the Raiders, all they just needed was a few yards. Okay, they have clocked it, maybe found an opportunity, you know, a couple of downs to get into field goal position. Rather, to take the shot to go downfield. Yes, you've had success all game of exploiting the Chiefs' young corners, but at that moment, if you're McDaniels, I mean, you got to pick up that first yard or so first, and then think about like, okay, then you know, get everybody to the line, and, and then and then go ahead and do it. But they decide not to do that, and obviously they both ran to each other on that final play. So, really, a, another close loss for the Las Vegas Raiders, and if I play one. Of the, Play one of their play better games all season, and definitely not the way that you know Devontae Adams and Derek Carr expected the season to be. They're already at one and four already, and you know they've had some really close game losses. And you know the real question is, can they find a way to keep their season going? Because things look a lot more dicey now. They had this game; they really played well all the way through except the final few minutes and some of the play calling could have been a lot more better I mean yes your defense was struggling giving up points to the Chiefs but I've taken the extra point there or um, you had to tie the game sorry you could just tie the game and then just kind of play defense you know but then again like I said it was a bad it was more of a momentum thing right so obviously they, they don't want to get the Chiefs like the ability to just have the ball for you know three plus minutes and then like finish the game off, um, you know. So it was one of those games in which uh, you just expected that there were going to be some you know crucial calls, but 
when it backfires, obviously doesn't look good on the coach. And when that heals, I mean, he looked good for a, a, a moment when that when, when the Raiders defense obviously got got them off the field, but his offense couldn't deliver. And it's really like that miscommunication on that route run by Adams and um, Renfro. You know, they got collided each other, kind of fell down. So that play kind of busted. So. Uh, the Chiefs continue to be the top of 4-1. and one. I think the Chargers are right behind. Um, so, quite a week five um, coming at the NFL season. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch how things really go down the line. Um, there's one game that, <laughs> as I just recalled now, Vikings over the Bears. Not much to say about that other than that was a, there was a much better performance for Justin Fields in this offense, but the result was the same. So, Chicago will get a chance to kind of turn it around on Thursday night football. Um, but, you know, overall, like I said, coming out of week five, um, a lot of things are in flux. You know, obviously Carolina now not having uh, like a Matt Rule. The trade rumors have heated up a lot uh, for some of these, you know, from McCaffrey, DJ Moore, the players. So it remains to be, it remains to be seen if any team will really make another trade or so for any player. Hard to see one trade being made by the Cleveland Browns for a, for a I think for a linebacker. Um, so the NFL trade up deadline usually doesn't have a lot of activity, uh, but you never know, and that's something to keep an eye out heading into Week Six of the NFL 22, 23 season.